To stay on top in business, stay on top of your technology with the new Business Desk podcast, the business of tech. Listen on iHeartRadio or wherever you get your podcasts. On the huddle with me this evening, Mike Munro, former Labour Party Chief of Staff, also Director at Mike Munro Communications, and Trish Sherson, Sherson Willis PR. Hi, you two. Hello. Trish, you have a place up north. Is Alan's account of what he's seen fair or unfair? Well, I adore Northland, and I'm probably one of its biggest fans. Um, I think that coming from outside of Northland and driving around, the comments could be absolutely fair. But I think what we have to recognise is that Northland has been isolated and let down by underfunding for years and years and years. Uh, And in fact, you know, Northland's roads are one of the biggest reasons that that region is um, way behind other economies Mm. in New Zealand. If if we had four laning to Northland, that would be the veins that pump more money and more jobs into that region. But it's been put off and put off. And look at Whangarei Hospital. That's an absolute shambles. Uh, and still, it's been business case, you know, after about 10 years of going around in circles. So I think it's great. Alan has raised a point about Northland, but this shouldn't be seen as an attack on the people of Northland. It should be a kick up the bum for the government and future governments to support Northland to reach its full potential. Mike, I've never understood it because Northland is one of the, if not the most beautiful part of the country. Why has it been so neglected by previous governments, including this one? Well, look, um, I think Alan needs to get out get out a bit more and have a look around the countryside. Um, some of the problems he's talking about in his pockets of hardship, I mean, you'll find that in any region in New Zealand. You'll find rusted cars and... and oh, but Mike, it's, it's, have you ever seen anything, side. Mike, come on, have you ever seen it as bad as you see it up in Northland? It is the worst. Look, I, I, was, I was staying in Hamilton recently and I walked on a semi-rural road and I could not believe the amount of crap that was lying in the grass birches. You know, diapers, tin cans, clothing, cardboard, paper... This is a New Zealand problem. We don't really enforce uh, anti-litter laws anywhere in this country. And, and every region can tell you horror stories about the amount of litter that builds up on the side of the roads. Look, um, I, I think it's an unfair attack on Northland. Uh, we need to stop talking ourselves down or st- stop talking Northland down. The, the, the problems that he's described, you'll find those in almost every region in New Zealand. Um, I need to. I would. I would defend Alan Dick if I had the time, but I don't have the time, so we have to move on very quickly because I need to talk about the 1970s Muldoon price controls. Trish, how? What did you think of that when you read this this morning? Oh, nearly choked on my cornies. <laughs> I mean, you know, this is another example of the kind of improvised chaos that we're seeing from this government. And here's the point. Muldoon's government was probably the second worst government uh, that New Zealand has ever had. He had a wage and price freeze, which was absolutely loony. This is the worst government that New Zealand has ever had. And now they've got one foot on the accelerator pushing up wages. And then they want to have another foot actually on the brake forcing price freezes on sectors of the economy. I think every business in New Zealand uh, will find this exceptionally worrying. This is just going to chill investors, isn't it, Mike? No, look, I, I think we, we sort of need to get a grip of ourselves on this one. This measure is a backstop. The key words here, it says, if required. It, it's there to make sure 
that there's some protecting for consumers. Look, even Mike Bennett, the head of Z Energy, he's welcomed it. Um, it's all about having a big stick available, and if you wave it enough, the companies will step in and do something about it. Now, this could be on Muldoon. I'm old enough to remember Muldoon very well, and he, yes, he did bring in very clumsy and heavy-handed regulations. These regulations announced today are, are nowhere near that leg. The idea to make sure that there's some resilience in the system and some sustainability if things go wrong. As I say, it's a backstop and we shouldn't get too panic-stricken about it. I, I, okay, I, did, I didn't read Mike Bennett's comments as welcoming it, more sort of like resigned to it. Trish, do you think it's going to send a chill through investors? Uh, I think it will. I mean, look, the, one of the biggest problems for businesses across the board in the, at the moment is uncertainty. And this kind of um, leap up first thing in the morning, a ministerial press conference where you are effectively, uh, you, are, you are regulating. It might be a backstop, but you are regulating. Um, I, think, I think that um, that is more of a chilling effect for businesses. And the, and the thing that, the question that will be on their mind is what's next? Mike, why would you announce something like a backstop like this that you say might never get used if it's not ever going to why, why would you do it? For all of the, the negative implications, the fact that we're talking about Muldoon-style policies, the fact that it's going to freak out investors, what's the point in doing it? Well, for two reasons. I mean, one, well, one is a move that's pro-consumers. This is going to tell consumers that the government's going to make sure that fuel, fuel prices don't get out of control. And secondly, I mean, fuel is critical to the running of the economy. So you've got to have some regimes, something in place to make sure that the prices don't get away on us. So for those reasons alone, I think this, this idea is one that should be welcomed. Uh, I'll come back to those two key words. It'll be, it'll be brought into effect if required. You're back with the huddle. Okay, so um, Oliver Hartwich today wrote a piece for the Herald about our education system, calling it a disaster. Mike, why aren't more of us outraged at how bad it's got? Well, we should all be outraged. And the thing is, um, Heather, our literacy and numeracy rates have been in decline now for about 20 years. Uh, this this goes back a long, long time. And it also sort of reflects the fact that there's a whole lot of other you know, social and uh, economic problems out there. Uh, child poverty, etc., has, has got a lot worse. Uh, too many kids are arriving at school hungry. And the, these sorts of factors are now starting to be reflected in our eco, um, educational performance. He sort of suggested, Trish, that part of the reason that we don't fix anything is because there are too many people who want to stay. I didn't even suggest, he just said it outright. Too many people feed off the system being broken and want it to stay like that. Do you agree? I think that's a part of it. I think there's the, the bigger and more simple answer is that in New Zealand, we simply don't prioritise it. You think about the amount of, um, actually, you know, mind space or conversation space we actually give to education in New Zealand, apart from when these um, analysis or stories like this pop up or we're talking about teachers' pay. We, as a country, we have not prioritised it, and it's a slow-moving disaster. Uh, and, you know, the point about the education system now is not only is it broken, it is incredibly hard as a parent to even navigate or understand, uh, you know, how it's working for your child or how to find out what, you know, what, what do results actually mean? How can you measure how they're doing? And I think if, if kids are in a system like this, you know, if, if we are not prioritising it, they're getting that signal and it just gets worse year on year.
Yeah. Hey, listen, very quickly want to take from each of you guys on, on what's gone on with Sky News. So Sky News, one of the hosts there, has taken a crack at 660's tour poster because it's all written in Te Maori. And he's very concerned that, you know, Mike, if we continue like this, it might become a national language. Yeah, well, look, I just think that this is, you know, lazy ignorance on the part of this broadcaster. It's the sort of populist in your rhetoric that's designed to appeal to the to the racists in his audience, and uh, I don't think we should, you know, take any notice of them. I'd say good on 660 for uh, promoting Tareo. You know, it's a beautiful language. It's something the whole country can be proud of, and this is just a cheap and cynical attack by an Aussie broadcaster. Yeah, classic case of going off half-cocked, eh, Trish? I mean, if you're worried about something, about it becoming a national language, it's already a national language which we're very proud of. It just goes to show the research hasn't been done. Oh, well, number one, he's Australian, uh, and number two, you know, I, as a as a as a parent of of children with Maori heritage, I hate seeing stories like this because yeah. what do kids think who are growing up? What do they think when they read this stuff in the media? It's a disgrace. Yeah, too right. Everybody's called it out, which is the right thing to do. Hey guys, thanks very much, Mike Munro, Trish Schuess, and our huddle this evening. If you enjoyed this podcast, you will love our New Zealand Herald podcast, The Little Things, hosted by me, Francesca Rudkin, and my good friend, Louise Airy. We focus on all the little things that you can do to make a positive impact on your life and to cut through the confusion from the health and wellness industry. Join us every Saturday to hear from the experts for all the tips and advice you need. Just search The Little Things on iHeartRadio or wherever you get your podcasts.